let the kids head out a minute and guys get down. Uh, there's water in the back, by the way. It didn't get mentioned, but uh, the kids are, are giving those away or looking for donations. That's a part of our missions project, and that's going to be running through August, and so you can get some water back there if you need, but I, I know I need some, so that's good. As PJ mentioned, we had Jared with us here all week, and uh, you know, we had a lot, and I didn't have that many deep conversations, just so you know. Jared and I played golf most of the week, and uh, we had a lot of fun. A lot of trees were hit, but they all survived, so uh, it was good. But it's fun. It's great to have uh, kids here. I know some of you are disappointed that Jared's not preaching this morning, but he had to get back to New York. Uh, when he booked his tickets, he thought he was going to have to be preaching at the church that he's at right now, attending in Horsehead, New York. So, um, so he booked his ticket early. So you got me this morning. All right, don't be so excited. All right, well, I really had to work for that one, so I'm not sure. It's okay. Good thing that God's Word encourages me, because sometimes people don't. No, just kidding. Joking. If you are new here today, you will understand, or you'll come to understand really quick that, you know, it's family coming together and around God's Word, and we do interact a lot, and we, that's my purpose, and so it's... Uh, it's family time together always, and so we're, we're happy that you're here this morning. We've been working through the book of 2 Corinthians, right? And if you haven't been with us, don't worry. I will get you caught up, at least the, the highlights. If you get a chance, read through it. We're only on chapter 4, so you, you've got plenty of time to, to get on board with us. Um, but we've been working through that series uh, in 2 Corinthians, each letter. And who wrote 2 Corinthians? help a lot of times. All right, give you an easy one to start you off with. And again, if you're visiting, you know, I need your help a lot of times because I forget things as I go along and, and I need that reminding as we, we work through this together. Also, is 2 Corinthians the second letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth? No. Most of everyone agrees that there was a, at least one other letter, maybe two. There was probably a visit in between. Uh, that other letter didn't make it into the canon or, or got lost. We're not sure which. Um, so it's not a direct follow-up of 1 Corinthians. And so, hence, we took a break in between. Because last year we did 1 Corinthians, and we did a, a few other books of the Bible, you know, a couple of Old Testament, Peter. And now we're back to 2 Corinthians, because though they're similar, they're not the same, because they're not addressing the same needs. Things have changed in the church as the years have gone by. Happens in all churches, right? If, if you were to come back here in five years from now, it wouldn't be the same. Things change. People are in and out. Things change as they get older. The churches can grow. They can decline. They go through changes all the time. In fact, if you went back in time five years ago here, I wouldn't be here, right? It's, it, and many of you would not be here uh, five years ago. So churches change. That's part of the growth, part of bringing in new people, and the family grows and changes through time. Although 2 Corinthians does have some similar themes to 1 Corinthians, Paul is still addressing those leaders who are discrediting him, right? They're not recognizing Paul as authority. But the church has started to grow some. They're a little bit further along than they were when he wrote 1 Corinthians. If you're with us in chapter 1, Paul talked about that being in Christ, right? The, 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 the comfort that comes from that. Right? We, we talked that whole lot on that first message about comfort and that God doesn't give us comfort just for ourselves, right? 
Comfort is meant to be given out to other people. Right? God allows us to go through certain things in our life, but it's to benefit others, right? Especially when we do it God's way. And even sometimes when we don't do it God's way, God can still use that to help someone else along. That idea of discipling all along or mentoring or bringing someone else alongside, how do you mention it? You know, having that older person that's been through some of those experiences is very valuable. And God uses those things in our lives and it brings us comfort. And God can give that to us. Paul also had the, the charge of his integrity being questioned. Right? He had told the church in Corinth that he was going to stop by and see them, yet on his journey, God directed him to Macedonia, right? He went to Macedonia, he went by Corinth, and then on the way back, he still was looking for Titus, and so he went by Corinth again. And some of the people in the church got offended. Say, hey, Paul, you didn't keep your word, you didn't come. And Paul's refute to that was, I was being led by the Holy Spirit. It changed my plans, and I need to follow what God has for my life. But that doesn't take away from the message. We also talked a little bit following week about reconciliation, right? Forgiveness. We spent a lot of time on that, right? If you remember back in 1 Corinthians, they had that immoral brother. They had expelled him. And then he came back after he repented, and the church didn't receive him. We talked about reconciliation, right? That relationship needed to be restored. He had done all the right things, came back, and then they were keeping him at arm's length, keeping him outside the church. And Paul says, no, I've already forgiven him. He should be allowed back in, right? He's repented. He's a new man. He's a new being. He needs to come back to the fold. He missed the fellowship. He missed being part of the church family. And so we spent some length at that. Chapter 3, last week, we talked about the contrast, right? We talked about the contrast between the old covenant and the new covenant. So which covenant are we under now? Yeah, no trick questions, right? New, right? We're under the new covenant, right? It's about the sacrificing animals. We're not under the, the law. We're under the grace. And we, we talked at length about the, the importance of having the Holy Spirit inside of us, right? We have that gift now under the new covenant. And so we're to be led by the Spirit. And that's important to know because Paul's going to continue that work, you'll see in today's chapter 4, of that Holy Spirit, how important that Holy Spirit is within us. And how we need to yield to that and how we need to be obedient to that, that calling. But that's a treasure. That's a gift. Interesting, when I was studying, someone said to me, Pastor, you know, I always hear people preach about Jesus and I hear them preach about God, but the Holy Spirit gets neglected a lot. And they're, they're equally, all three are equally important and we do need to do balance. And, and so for those who say, hey, pastor, you don't preach on the Holy Spirit, guess what? You're going to get a pretty good dose of it because 2 Corinthians talks a lot about it. Paul focuses on that part of our being. And obviously we can't get the Holy Spirit, though, without Jesus. And so there's that the dual relationship, and of course God the Father is overall. And so, again, they're all equal in that, but they have different roles. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. And so I've titled today's message, this one's a little bit easier for me to title this one. Sometimes it's a little hard, and it's already up there. I was going to you know, say, what, what do you think it is? But, right, do not lose heart, right? This is an encouraging message for you as believers this morning. We need that encouragement. And so Paul is encouraging the church here in Corinth, and 
Hopefully it will encourage us this morning as well. So let's begin with chapter 4, verse 1. It says, therefore, right? And I gave you the therefore before, right? We, we talked about that, the old and the new covenant. Kind of gave you the running start. But it says, therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. Again, you can kind of get through. When Paul makes these statements, he's refuting what's going on in the church. There were people that were saying Paul was tricking them or using deceptive words or changing things to make it sound good. And Paul's saying, no, I didn't. We we plainly gave you the word of God. Again, if you're stuck in that old covenant, which many were that day, especially those older Jews in that period, they had a hard time. This is all new teaching, the Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and he's the Messiah. This is all new to them, and so, and it sounds really good, right? Of course it does to us as believers, but in that day, it was a struggle. They had not yet come to faith, and so rather than trying to look at it through an open lens, they were just arguing that Paul was not legitimate. Discredit the messenger, right? And Paul's saying, no, not at all. We did not distort God's word at all. It says, on the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And I, this is one of those moments when I, I look at it and say, God's word really is to be read plainly, right? Just read it for what it is. Sometimes we get hung up in trying to, to find hidden meanings or we're in our, are not doing a thorough study. We just lose some of the richness in just reading God's word for what it is, right? Paul's saying the same thing here, that, hey, we just preached plainly to you. I often say this to new believers, the Bible is meant for every one of us to understand, right? It's not a seminary degree that you need or you know the Greek and the Hebrew, and those are all valuable tools, but it's meant for each and every one of us. We all should be reading God's word daily, and it's, it's really very plain to understand in many ways. Now, there are some difficult parts, difficult passages, but if you keep it in context, it is plainly to be read, you will understand it. And where you don't, the Holy Spirit fills in the gaps for us. All right, I'll get off that. That was a bonus point. That wasn't even in my notes, so I'll just get back to the Scripture before I get in trouble. It says, and even if our gospel is veiled... It's veiled to those who are perishing. This is a reference to what he said earlier, right? He, he mentioned that the gospel, when, when people who are unbelievers hear the gospel, they don't see it clearly, right? Until they come to that point of faith, it's words. It doesn't make sense. That's hard for us sometimes as believers. We have to think back before we were saved, right? Someone, why would someone die for us? What a, why would they do that? Or why the resurrection, right? That doesn't make sense to our logical minds, Again, before we became believers, it was hidden from us. We didn't, have, we didn't see clearly. But Paul's saying, now you do, right? Things are different now as believers. And so he's contrasting those two. And he talks about the veil um, often here about being shielded, right? It blinds us. We don't see clearly. <clears throat> One of the other things that happens is it says, the God of this age, verse 4, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of our God. 
you know, the, the God of this age is just another word for the devil, right? He is the God of this age. He is the one that, that is here on earth that is controlling a lot of the activities that are going on, not outside of the sovereignty of God, but he is the one that's running things amok, for lack of a better term. We talked a little bit earlier, too, about the schemes, right? The schemes that the devil uses, right? He twists things. He, he misleads people. He discredits him. He causes doubt. Doubt's one of those things that I see. He causes doubt in God's word, right? You hear that when you're talking to unbelievers, right? Well, you know, that was written a long time ago. Well, that was written by men. That was, you know, some of it's been lost. It's the way we interpret it causes doubt, creates doubt in that. Again, those are all part of the schemes that the devil uses to discredit God, to, to keep people from coming to him, to Christ. Paul, back to his message here in verse 5, he says, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. I love what Paul says here, and it's really a a thing that for all of us who are in this role of preaching and teaching, right? We preach not, is not ourselves, right? We're not, I'm not up here preaching Charlie Bolstridge. I'm preaching Jesus Christ, God's word. That's important. It's a, it's a great reminder. Please, don't ever follow Charlie Bolstridge. Don't. Don't do it, right? Follow Jesus. He's the example for all of us. Hopefully, I'm just pointing the way to him. That's the goal of every preacher, Right? And Paul's saying the same thing. I'm not looking for followers of Paul. It's really what he's saying here. I want you to follow Christ. I'm a servant to you. I'm just laying it out there for you. So it's a great reminder, right? Not to take people onto ourselves, but to point them to Jesus. Verse 6, For God who said, Let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ gives us that beautiful image, right? That light with inside of us that shines brightly. You ever meet that person, you don't know them very well, and you meet them and you get talking, and all of a sudden it's just like, man, I can see Christ in them, right? You just, you just know it, right? They don't say it, they, they don't, they're not, not flashing a, a big sign, they're not, maybe not wearing a t-shirt that says it or a cross, just something about them, you know you can see Christ's light shining through them. It's that connection, Right? And it's great when you can make those connections. And, and Paul's saying that's the gift that we have in the Holy Spirit. It shines within us, right? It gives us that glimpse. Verse 7, but, but, yeah, but, right? But that's a but, is a transition. It, it usually, but there's, there's a problem. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-suppressing power is from God and not from us. Right? That, that clay, that, that pot right, that we have is our bodies. Right? It, it it's quite often shields people from seeing that. Sometimes it gets in the way. The practice in the church, even in that day or in the culture, was you kept your jewels or something precious, you kept it in a, a, a clay pot. and It wouldn't be very distinguished. It would be up on a, a wall with all the other pots, and you would put it in there. It was for safekeeping. Right? It was to hide it. The pot itself wasn't who it was. It came from what was inside. That's where all the, the value was. And so the, the cross-reference is for us, right? This outside body isn't much, but inside of us is the Holy Spirit. 
That's where the value comes from. That's the treasure that Paul is talking about here, and that's the image that he's giving us. These next couple of verses, who's seen the movie Rocky? It would have been easier to say, who hasn't seen the Rocky? There's some, yeah. Really? You at least know who he is, all right? Rocky? All right. There's, there's one young lady back there who's like, I haven't watched Rocky, right? I'm sorry, this, these verses just remind me of Rocky. And again, it doesn't matter if it's one or five, or I don't even know what they're on now. They're probably on 20 by at this point, right? They keep remaking it. But all right, I'll just admit, I'm a fan of Rocky, all right? I just love the, you know, the cheering for the underdog, right? So these verses remind me of that. And if you hear them, Paul is, is speaking from that same position, right? They've, they've written songs on this, but it says, We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Right? Paul's, sometimes you feel trapped, right? You, you're backed into a corner, is a thought here. And I guess that's why I come up with a rocky analogy. I don't know. It just, like I said, that's how my mind was working when I was reading this, right? And Rocky comes out on top, right? He, he looks like he's at that moment, like he's all done. The, he's on the ninth count. It's about ready to, to count him out, and yet he comes back. And again, as a believer, sometimes we, get our, we find ourselves in that same position, right? We've just taken a beating, right? I don't know you. I've had those days, and you know, I, I come home, and I sit down in my chair, and it's like, man, I've just wrung out. Just, you know, I feel like I can't do anything right, right? All day I've been swimming upstream, feeling pushed in, all right? And I'm, I'm discouraged. I'm de- most likely depressed. Might even be a little bit angry, right? Just feel like it's just all gone wrong, yet I'm not destroyed, right? There's a new day coming. There's life still within me. Paul has that perspective. He's been in all those positions, but not destroyed. To be encouraging to us, right, that... It's a temporary thing that we're usually in. Nonetheless, it still hurts. It's still a tough place to be, and we don't want to stay there. Verse 10, coming up out of that, he says, We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that this life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is, but life is at work in you. Paul's not contrasting here as much as he's just saying there's, there's this ongoing battle, right? In case you didn't know it, as you age, you're getting closer and closer to death, right? The body is decaying. That's part of the, the, the fall, right? It goes all the way back to Genesis, you there are getting older, you know, in your 20s, you don't think about it as much, but when you're, you're in your 50s, you start thinking a little bit more, and 60 and 70, it becomes more evident, right, that things are starting to break down. Again, as I was golfing with a young 20-year-old this week, I learned that very well. You know, he, he's like, Dad, we could do some more, and I'm like, yeah, son, I'm probably good. I'm starting to get tired. My swing is starting to get out of whack, and, and uh, I'm feeling a little bit more the age, right? But irrelevant, we are all aging at that same rate. We're all getting older, and as that happens, our bodies break down. But yet, Paul says there's life within us, right? 
And I love the, the perspective. Paul is, is reminding us of that perspective, right? That our life here on earth is only temporal. As believers, we have, he's going to, eternity to look forward to. Eternity with Christ. You'll see that. He's going to bring that back around and remind us again. But we have that hope of the resurrection. We talk about here and at Point Way often about how important the resurrection is, right? That's, that's the gospel. Without the resurrection, there is no gospel. It's very clear in Scripture. And so Paul is reminding us here in that as well. Verse 13. It is written, I believe, therefore, I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that that one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Christ Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow, overflow to the glory of God. Right, he's talking about that resurrection, but he's also talking about a ministry that's growing, right? PJ mentioned it, right? As we share the gospel with someone and they come to Christ, right? It's more and more, it's growing out. That grace abounds to all. That gift is for each and every one of us. And we are to give that away, right? We are to share with others. I even like how he wraps it up here. He says, with thanksgiving. That thanksgiving just overflows, Right? We should never grow weary of hearing someone come to Christ. Right? It should quicken our hearts. We should rejoice and praise God for it. And so that's Paul saying, hey, you know, the ministry that was started there in Corinth, he sees growth in that. He sees them reaching out. I also love the image here that Paul knows that that church is active. It's doing things in the community. It's reaching out. It's sharing beyond. And we've said that here many times. If you're waiting for your pastor to reach the community here, it's never going to happen. I'm not going to live long enough. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to meet the people that you meet. The only way the gospel gets spread is through each and every one of us sharing. Right? You're going to run into people that I'm never going to meet or even have a conversation with or a relationship with. Those are the people that need to hear it. And so we all need to be doing this. That's, that's how that grows. That's how the gospel gets spread through each and every believer. Back to the theme of this passage right here in verse 16. It says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Right? Reminder, we don't lose heart, right? Even when we don't see things happening, we don't lose heart. It's a call to persevere, to continue on, right? Don't get discouraged. That we, we have, again, not from us, but from Christ, right? He, he's the one. He's given that, that perspective. We, we have that eternal life. That, that power is within us. Don't lose heart. Even though things outside of us may be chaotic, they may be tough, don't lose heart. Verse 17 quite often gets taken out of context. And again, this morning, we've looked at that context in the whole, and so we can, we can see it. It says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us the eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Right? When you're in that situation, don't use this verse. When you're, when you're struggling, right? And if someone's in the hospital and you go visit them, they've just been through a horrific car accident and they're laying there, just say, hey, oh, it's just a light and momentary trouble, right? That's not very compassionate. That's not the right use of that verse, right? I mean, 
think about it. You just stub your toe. Ah, oh, that, that, it's just a momentary. You'll, you'll get over that soon. No, that's not, that's not how this verse is. Again, Paul's pulling that perspective, though. The situation we may be in is tough, and it may be hard at the time, but it's, it is temporal and eternal use. But how we apply that verse and when we do it is equally important. Right? Again, that eternal outlook. And as we close this morning's sermon and also the, the passage here for what we're looking at this morning, I'll leave you with these words because it, it says it so eloquently. I really couldn't come up with a better one. It says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since so what is seen is temporary, but what it un, is unseen is eternal. Again, he leaves us with that perspective perspective of each of us as believers need to have, right? That, hey, this is only temporary. Our troubles are only temporary. We have our place secure in eternity. Don't lose sight. I've used this illustration. Someone else greater than me said this a long time ago, right? Keep one eye on the earth and what you're doing right now, but keep one eye on towards... I'll have that same... Don't forget where you're headed. I think Paul had that same perspective because we need that perspective quite often, really, to get through each day. Right? We are secure with Christ in heaven. That's where we're headed. That's where we're going. And so don't forget that. So Pointway Church, don't lose heart. Continue on with the right perspective. Bow with me, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this morning. We thank you that we can come here as a church family, Lord. And Lord, may this message encourage us. Lord, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're struggling with this morning, Lord, may it encourage us to not lose heart in you. Lord, if there's someone here this morning that does not have that hope, or they, they have not yet placed their trust in you, Lord, that today would be the day. They would realize that they need you. It would be that sacrifice that we could not sacrifice, and that we can celebrate in the resurrection of you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for each person that's here this morning. I ask that you would just continue to be with us throughout the week as we go forth. May we be like that church in Corinth, Lord, that we continue to share the gospel with each person that we run into. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.